shack, let's just say that a uh, snake bit your mom right up here, right in the chest area. Would you be willing to suck the venom out to win the title? No, but I will with your wife. <laughs> Welcome to the Pick and Roll Podcast. My name is Bill Golden. Alongside me, as always, will be Kevin McLernan. This is a special edition of the Pick and Roll Podcast, and as many of you may have guessed, it's about the Philadelphia 76ers. Even though they have uh, been not so great in the past couple of seasons, Kevin and I just can't get enough uh, of the Sixers, no matter what the case may be. This edition of the Pick and Roll Podcast is going to discuss possible trades uh, with Jalil Okafor and separately with Nerlens Noel. Uh, Kev is going to give me some hypothetical Jalil trades, and I'll give him some hypothetical Nerlens trades, and we'll discuss what we think about it and, and if it's realistic or not, and if it's something the Sixers should should consider doing if it was offered or on the table. But before we get into that, it just came out um, today that Draymond Green has been suspended for Game 5 of the NBA Finals. So, Kev, I guess the question that's on everyone's mind right now, because I think everyone was pretty sure the series is over, are the Cavs back in this series? I think they are. Um, I, I think it is, I guess, reasonable for them to win game five now. And then when you go back to Cleveland, we saw what they were able to do there. They were a completely different team. So if they can win game five, I can easily see it going to seven games. Right. In these situations, it's always one game at a time. And like, it's always like that. But I think a lot of people see three to one and they just think it's impossible. It's like this huge hill. But honestly, it's one you know, smaller hill at a time that you have to get over. And the first one is a road game where the Warriors are not playing with the player that's been the best player in the series so far. I saw a, a tweet from Dan Lebitard that actually said it would be pretty crazy if Draymond won finals MVP and wasn't even there to receive the award, which is a, is a legitimate possibility if the Warriors win the next game if no one really stands out in it. But I'm with you. I, I was thinking about this next game, and I wasn't as sure as everyone else that this this, this series was definitely over uh, come tomorrow night because I think the Cavs, it's it's up to their bench, but I, I could see them really obviously against the wall. So I could see them having a really great game, and I think it would have been close either way. And now with Draymond out, I think the Cavs, I think the Cavs should win this game. Yeah, another interesting uh, statistic that I saw was Vegas uh, had the line at six and a half, and then after the Draymond suspension, only brought it down to six. <laughs> I guess they think that Draymond only accounts for a half a point, which I would disagree with that the way he's been playing. I always hesitate to disagree with Vegas because they seem to be right a lot of the time, but I'm Very with you. Very how good they are. Yes, it is. It, it really is. But I, I agree with you. Draymond is is... Like I said, he's been arguably, I would say, the MVP so far. If the series was over right now, I think he would have been the guy who won it. And, you know, he's also the, I would say, the emotional leader of the team. I mean, he's crazy at times, but he's the guy who's yelling at the guys on the bench, you know, let's go, let's do this, you know. And he's 
he's he brings the heat. You know, he he gets in the face of LeBron, and maybe he went a little bit too far. Obviously, in the last game, the NBA felt that way. But you know, with with all of his actions, and but I mean, I I just think that the line should have been a lot closer than that. I'm not saying it should have been a push. I think Golden State at home should still be favored. But I, I agree. I mean, how is Draymond not worth more than half a point? And we've been talking about, um, I guess we talked about in the last series, whether he should have been suspended for a game. And I mean, maybe you didn't think that he deserved a flagrant foul um, in his interaction with LeBron in the last game. But, I mean, to get this many flagrants in one postseason really says a lot uh, about him. I like him because of his passion. Uh, I think that of all the guys in the Warriors, he wants to win the title the most. I really believe that. And he wears his heart on his sleeve, which I can appreciate. But like you said, you can't get this many technicals and this many flagrant fouls. At some point, and now we've gotten to that point, you're going to end up hurting your, your team. And if you're suspended, you're not playing, obviously. And that, that's detrimental to your team. He's not a guy who comes off the bench and plays 10, 15 minutes and is a spark. And this is just kind of what he does. This guy is a He's an integral part of the team, and like I said, he's been arguably the best player in this series. So, you know, for him to to be suspended, it just he's gone too far, and he just really, you know, he's got to keep up the energy and the passion, but he's got to he's got to bring it back just a notch and just be just a tad bit smarter about what he's doing out there. Definitely going to be interesting to see what the Warriors do because they can't go with that small lineup now unless. I don't know. I mean, Andre Iguodala can't play the five. So, I mean, that's that's not going to happen. So. It's going to be. I think Maurice Spates is going to get get some uh, get some more time in Game Five. And the way that Spates plays is he he can step outside a little bit. He can play like a a stretch five, if you could say that. But you're losing a lot. It's it's more than just the small ball lineup. I think. I mean, the Warriors are so good. Usually, no matter what their lineup is. I mean, obviously, you know that's their main that's their mo. But they're good with Spates on the floor and with. I mean, they start Bogut. So I think that that's not really the difference in the small ball versus the big guy lineup is not going to be the biggest difference. I just think, like you said, you're trading basically Draymond for Bogut or, or Spates or the combination of the two, and that's a nightmare. That's a disaster. And even um, James Michael McAdoo got uh, into the game in game four, which I was surprised that he really hasn't played at all in the postseason. So maybe he's the kind of guy that might get more minutes also. Yeah, if they want to stay with a small ball lineup, but like you said, who's going to play five? There's no one. So they're going to have to split the minutes. I'm sure McAdoo will get uh, a lot of time in this next game. I, I didn't really see him as much of a difference maker, but you know, it was his probably his first, I believe, his first finals appearance. So um, you know, he, he might have nerves and, and things like that. And he was playing away, I think, for a lot of guys. I mean, it's obvious with the Cavaliers bench and, and backup guys. It's, you know, they play way worse, you know, on the road than they do at home. So maybe he will be a little bit stronger on the road. But you never know. If Stephen Clay can explode, I mean, the Cavs have done a good job playing D on them. But if they could explode, all of this might not really matter. Yeah, and that's – we haven't seen them do that yet. Actually, game four, they both played pretty well, but – um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if those two come out and just start hitting everything. Yeah, that's the great equalizer with them is when those two guys go off, you can kind of the rest of the analysis kind of goes out the window. But I'm assuming because of how well the Cavs have played D on those two guys, and they get to key in even further on him. 
Because McAdoo comes in, he can't shoot threes as well as Draymond. And then, obviously, Spates can shoot threes, but he's not as good as Draymond. And then if they have Bogut in, he's not going to be shooting any threes. So I think there's one less three-point shooter out there. So you can even, if I'm the Cavs, I key in even further on on Clay and Steph. Because their game plan so far through the series has kind of been like, you know what, let's let Draymond beat us. And he did that in game two. But he's not going to be there. So it's kind of be like, you know what? Everybody else, Iguodala, whoever else is playing, we might see some Barbosa. So those guys, whoever that's going to be, let the collection of those guys beat us and just focus on those two. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that's we're going to see what the coaches have. And Lou, I mean, he's new to this. <laughs> this is his first year as a head coach. Uh, last year with Steve Kerr's first year as a head coach, and he, and he won the final. So we'll see what kind of adjustments Lou can make to their game plan uh, without Draymond. To respond to the changes that Kerr will make. This is great for NBA ratings, too, because I think before the suspension, a lot of people might have moved on, for, just thought, I'm not going to waste my time watching this. They're gonna, it's probably going to be a blowout like the first two. And there's other stuff, you know, to watch. So why? And now that Draymond's been suspended, I think the ratings, I think, will be pretty decent because I think some people might think, you know what? The Cavs really have a shot here. I mean, I know they still have Stephen Clay, but that's their definitely, at worst, their third best player. So I think for ratings, too, in the NBA, I'm not saying that's why they did it or whatever, but it's kind of a good scenario for that that reason as well. I mean, like we said, I mean, I think we both think the Cavs are alive now. I, I didn't want to bury them, but I didn't think they were going to have any chance of winning the series. Now I would say... Yeah, I didn't think they had a chance. Yeah, I mean, maybe less than 5%. I don't know where you want to put that. I don't know if it's zero, but now I... You know, you might say it's, for me, I could say maybe 25. You know, they have to play a perfect, well, not a perfect game, but a really good game, game five, come back home. They could probably win that. They did it in game three. Got to play another good game, obviously. And then they'd probably have to be perfect in game seven, but it's possible. Yeah, it's definitely possible and, and a much bigger possibility than it was, in my opinion, uh, with before this ascension. All right, so very interesting. The finals has turn from probably over to, I don't know. So game five is going to be huge, and if the Cavs can get it, then we have a, a whole new series, obviously, on our hands. But let's get into some of the trades. I guess uh, if you want to get us started on uh, your first uh, trade where the Sixers would end up getting rid of Jalil and what they would give up and what they would get back. Yeah, in, in no way are we saying that they should get rid of either of these players. Just we know that it's a big possibility that one of them is going to be gone, so... Uh, that's why we decided to do it. Hypothetical trade that we came up with. Uh, but we'll start with, uh, I mean, one that's been talked about a lot, which involves Julio going to the Celtics. And in return, the Sixers would get the number three pick. And then I also threw in the Sixers would get the 2018 Nets first round pick. I mean, I don't think the number three pick for Ja is equal. So I think the Celtics will have to throw something else in there. Now, the Nets pick, is that unprotected? Unprotected, yep. This trade I can probably... This trade I could probably get behind. Because we're keeping the first pick. And we get the third pick. And we get the Nets pick first round next year. That's a lot, I think, in return. And you don't give up that much. I love Jalil. And I agree with you. I think we've talked about this before during podcasts. That Jalil for number three is not an equal trade. Because... If you combine the, the two drafts, Jalil goes higher than that. And the guy that you're going to pick at number three is going to go at least two spots lower than, than Ja. So 
you know, in this year's draft. So I think Jaw's one of the four best players in the two drafts, but there's only one player in the top four from this year's draft, is what I'm trying to say. So it's it's yeah, just not straight up, it's just not it's just not equal. But throwing in the Nets pick because they're gonna be really bad next year. They might have the first overall pick next year. I could see that happening. Well, um, it's the two thousand eighteen first round pick. Oh, okay. So it's two years. Right. Okay, I wasn't thinking about that. But still I, I But the Nets the Nets aren't that promising right now. Right. Unless I think they found a big time free agent. I think that they're still gonna be bad. Yes, and I think that we both think that two years from now they'll be really bad. I mean, maybe it's not number one. I, they're going south. I mean, it could be. But, yeah, you, for me, I, I like this a lot more. I could probably maybe get behind this. But, Joel, this is still – all this stuff is, you know, Jalil, Joel, I'm sorry, has to come – has to be good. But this this is better. I don't like the job for the number three straight up. This this maybe I could maybe get behind. Yeah, and, and who knows whether the Celtics want to do that. Because uh, maybe they really value that 2018 pick also, because they know the Nets might not be too good. I think that's that's the main question with this one. It's not the Sixers. The Sixers considered, I think, Jaw for number three. I think that was rumored that that was being considered. I don't think they wanted to do it at the deadline, but it's probably still floated out there on the table. But it's yeah, it's going to be a question of whether the Celtics want to do it, and I would guess that they probably don't. But if they get desperate enough and they can't get somebody else in the off season, this could happen maybe closer to the to the beginning of next season. So, so you would do the trade? Uh, at the end of the day, um, the problem is that I, I want to, you know, qualify all this by saying, well, as long as Embiid's good, but obviously you can't do that. I I think... Hmm, I think I would do this trade. Okay. I, I think I would probably too. But like you said, is. There's a lot of question marks, uh, but I mean, with all your all the big men in there, you, you kind of are going to have a, a lot of minutes, uh, or not a lot of minutes for all those guys. So you're going to have to uh, probably get rid of somebody, and so I mean, that's why I think that might be a good trade. Um, this one, I'm going to guess just by what have you, what you said about the draft picks. Uh, don't think you're going to go for it. The Lakers get Julio along with Robert Covington, and the Sixers get the number two pick. Yeah, this this is this is no no no. First of all, you have to give up Robert Covington too, and you're getting the number two pick. Like I said, the number two pick to me is a number five if you combine last year's draft with this year's draft. And Jalil's definitely in the top four, so it's a little bit better because you're not dropping two spots. Whereas in the Celtics trade, the number three pick's really the number six to me from the combined draft. So this at at best, you're only dropping back one spot if. Hypothetically, Jaleel goes number four in a combined draft, which is probably true. Depending on who has the picks, maybe he goes three, I don't know. But giving up Covington two, that's too much to get to get the number two pick. But then you have the number one and the number two, and I, I do love that. This, Basically, you get in, and Brandon Ingram would be this assumption number two pick, of course. If that's who you're going to go for, then I would say don't do this. Who who do you think they would take at number two? Oh, it's too high for Dunn, probably. I don't know. You don't think so, right? For Dunn? Well, then I think they could just get the uh, number three pick, and they would rather do the, the Celtics trade if they right. wanted to do that. I don't think they need to trade up number two to get Dunn. I right. don't think the Lakers are going to be taking him after they took uh, D'Angelo Russell last year. Okay, I think this is easier for me then. 
I, I would I would definitely not do this trade. I'm I'm very confident that I would definitely not do this trade. Okay, yeah, and I'm not surprised uh, based on what you think about the draft. That why would you, you? First of all, you think Jaleel's better than the number two pick, and then even throwing in Robert Covington right. just adds adds to the debate there that you wouldn't do it. Yeah. What about you? I it's tough. I don't think I would do it. I I, I, w- I would say no. I think it's it's close depending on your opinion of uh, of Brandon Ingram, but I think Jaleel is a better prospect than Ingram. Yeah, that, I mean, obviously, I feel the same way. That's it. That's what it comes down to. I mean, are we just? I, I think Covington is worth something too. Are we just? Do you not feel that he's? Because I feel like if you're, no. you wouldn't trade Jaleel for Ingram if you thought it was just a like Ingram was just a little bit better. Like you must think Ingram would be a lot better to make this trade, right? Well, I, I threw in Covington because uh, I think the, the the Lakers would be they kind of need that kind of player, and if they they would assume that if they're not getting Ingram, then they need a wing player, and Covington fits that right there. Yeah, I guess I guess they as good as Jalil is, and I don't know how they feel about Ingram. I don't know if anyone would trade that make the number two pick for Jalil. I, I don't think that anyone would do that, right? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, there's definitely some teams that like Jalil better than Ingram, but then I, I guess that's true. Feel the other way too. I think there's definitely teams that like Ingram better than uh, Jalil. Yeah, that's. I guess that's true. So I guess it depends all on the team, but I think that we both agree that the Sixers probably wouldn't want to do this trade, right? Yes, I would assume that they wouldn't want to. I think that they they like Robert Covington enough that him and Jalil is not worth Ingram. I would assume that. Uh, yeah. I think Covington's going to be an important part of this team, and we saw how much the bench matters uh, in this war in this Warriors team. And I think Covington can be that type of player that comes off the bench, uh, provides a lot of points uh, for the Sixers in the next couple of years. I agree, and I think I I also agree that the Sixers he's in the Sixers' plan for the future. Like they're talking about getting rid of some of the bigger guys, but I think Covington has as long as he you know, keeps performing and gets a little better, I think he has solidified a spot in the, in the bench for the future of this team. Do you want to continue with Jalil and then go to Noel, or do you want to give? Do you want me to do a couple of Noel? Uh, yeah, throw me some uh, New Orleans trades. All right. So my first one, uh, this one is, is not totally original. This, I think, has been rumored. Who knows if that's true or not. But this one's with the Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks would get New Orleans, obviously. And also they would get Stauskas, and the Sixers would get Teague. So the reason I threw Stauskas is, I th- is that I think maybe they don't want to give up Teague, and I think it's been rumored that they would either give up, I don't know if it was Covington or Stauskas, but if I'm the Sixers, I'd rather give up Stauskas. I don't think he adds that much. The rumors that I heard had both of them actually in it, Covington and Stauskas. Wow. So, I mean, I don't know what the Sixers would be getting in return in that hypothetical situation, but this one just gets them Teague um, for Noel and Stauskas. Yes. Um, I, that's tough. I, it all depends on what Teague is going to – because his contract is up next year, and I don't know what he's going to want. If he'll sign for a reasonable deal, uh, I think that's, that's, that's a good trade for the Sixers because they get the point guard. I think Teague's a very good point guard. Um. But if if he wants a kind of close to max contract next year, then I don't think that's worth it. I agree, and I don't know if they could do some kind of side and trade situation. But he's only twenty eight, so 
he could argue that he's worth the max because he's still got a lot of years left in him. Uh, I would say he's probably in his prime right now, and he's got four seasons in his prime left, maybe. I mean, it depends on how healthy he stays, obviously. But yeah, he's not worth max money, and he's not worth close to max money. He's worth maybe three-quarters of that or something. But, I mean, he's worth a lot of money. I make this trade. I'm with you. As long as he doesn't ask for anything too unreasonable, I make this trade. We get a good point guard. He's a vet, which is a that's where you want. If you can have a vet at any position, you want a point guard. He's a true point guard, but he also can score if you need him to. Um, and Stauskas is nothing to me. Losing Noel, obviously you're assuming that in all these hypothetical trades. He's a good defensive player. You're going to hope that Embiid can be probably maybe just as good defensively. Maybe that's too much to ask for. But if you think that that's the case, then this is a great trade. Yeah, and I mean, Noel, it's not like he's going to be cheap either. Uh, next year, it's his last year in his contract, a rookie contract. So I think he's going to be asking for a lot of money also. And I mean, if Noel can play with, I think we talked about this too, with a good point guard, um, I mean, he can he can become, uh, I don't want to say he can be as good as DeAndre, but he definitely has that potential. Yeah, that's that's what you hope for. I think that's, I don't want to say it's a ceiling, but I think it's a realistic ceiling area to get into the, to, to the area of being DeAndre Jordan-ish. That's a reasonable ceiling for him where he cuts to the basket and someone throws him up a lob and he plays really well in the defensive end. But it's a good point you bring up about Noel's contract because if him, if Teague and Noel are going to demand about the same amount of money, personally, I think I'd rather have Teague right now than Noel. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it's, it's tough uh, just because we kind of know what Teague is, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he may get a little better, but I mean, these are going to be his prime years. And do we, do you want a 32 year old point guard when guys like Embiid, uh, guys like uh, Okafor are going to be uh, starting to hit their primes? Is Teague will be, I guess, going past his good uh, days in the league. It could work out perfectly if he stays in really good shape because right now he'll, carry a little bit of more of the weight offensively and do a lot of orchestrating. And then when he gets older, if we keep him for a long time, which I guess would be the hope, obviously, he might slow down a little bit, but you know, you hope for him to be in the shape of like Tony Parker, where he's still in really good shape. He's not the same player he was, but he can still orchestrate the offense. And if you surround him with guys like, you know, Tony has Kawhi and, and uh, I can't think of his name right now, LaMarcus Aldridge, so they do a lot of stuff by themselves. So, you know, in that scenario, while Teague starts to hit his decline, he slows down a little bit. If he's still in good shape, it's kind of a perfect situation because now he can't shoulder as much of the offense and Jalil can and Joel can and, and whoever else is going to be on the roster at that time. But I, I know what you're saying because just as they get into their primes, you got a guy who you don't know how much longer he's going to be able to play. So I guess the hope is that he stays in good shape and he can play another six, seven, eight seasons total Maybe the last three or four, he's not, you know, the best player on the team, but he doesn't have to be. Well, I mean, yeah, he doesn't have to be. Imagine if he's the fourth best player on your team because you have Simmons, Embiid, and Okafor. Right. Uh, I mean, if, if he's the fourth best player on your team, then uh, the Sixers are going to be a good team. Right. That's worst case scenario. That's if you don't get a shooting guard that's a little bit better than him. That's. I mean, I like it. I really do. I. I think the Sixers. I think the Sixers would do this trade. I don't think Atlanta would though. 
Atlanta's in kind of a, a tough situation right now, too, because they don't know what's going on with Horford or whether he's coming back. Um, so, I mean, this trade may uh, if, may have to wait until the free agency if it does happen. I agree, yeah. I guess if, if Horford leaves, they'll get a little bit more desperate. So if I'm the Sixers and the, the trade on the table has been Noel Stowski's and Covington, then if I'm the Sixers, I like you just said, let's just wait. And see what happens with Horford. Because this is a trade was on the table before when they had Horford. So if they, they bring Horford back, then you can say, all right, do we really want to give all this up? And then if they don't, then you throw this this trade out at them and maybe they'll take it because they're a little bit more desperate. Yeah, exactly. All right. My next trade is with the Los Angeles Lakers. And in this scenario, the Lakers get Nerlens Noel and the Sixers get Jordan Clarkson and Ryan Kelly. No, <laughs> just keep this keep this away. I mean, Jordan Clarkson yeah, is is very young uh, point guard. It really helped this team out. Um, I think, but I it's just you're not getting enough return here. Ryan Kelly, I don't know how much time he's going to get on the Sixers team. Well, um, which is, um, well, I tell you why. Oh. Ryan Kelly, I put my trades to the trade machine, and I couldn't get this to go through. So I threw Ryan Kelly in there to make the trade go through. Ryan Kelly is basically he's a he's like a throw in in this trade. So it's I'm not gonna lie, it's essentially straight up Nerlens to Clarkson. Noel look for Clarkson. That's how I see it. Yeah, I mean basically when it comes down to it, yeah, and I, I don't think that's worth it at all for the Sixers. I, I think Noel is, uh, has a lot better potential than Clarkson. I think I'm not saying, I mean Clarkson is the better player right now. I think. Uh, but a player that Noel can become, uh, I don't think you can give up just for Jordan Clarkson. Right. And the thing, too, is there's no rush right now to get, you know, the player that, a player like like a guard. Like, I know these trades are probably mostly for guards because that's what the Sixers are going to trade for if that's going to be the case. But I just, Clarkson looks like he could be really good. I don't think he really will be, though. I think that, He's going to be this good, as good as he's been, maybe a tiny bit better. And like you said, I agree. Noel, I think Noel's going to get like a lot better. And so. He has a lot to work on the offensive end. I know people want to. I don't. It's not that I disagree with that, but I just think that. Like, look at DeAndre Jordan. He can't do anything offensively, but, you know, he's really good. He's a really good player on a really good team. I mean, maybe Nerlens does develop an offensive game. I mean, but I don't think it's necessary. I think he could be a really, really good player on a really, really good team. Look at Ben Wallace. I'm not saying he can be Ben Wallace, but Ben Wallace couldn't shoot a 10-foot jump shot, you know? So I think anything he does offensively is a bonus. And if he's going to expand his game a lot offensively, then I wouldn't trade him for almost anybody right now. I just don't think that's going to happen, and that's the only reason I would consider trading him. Yeah, and Nerlens definitely has to uh, put on some weight. Uh, maybe go hit the gym with Embiid if you've seen his pictures lately. Dude is jacked. Yes, um, ridiculous. And DeAndre is larger than um, Nerlens also. I mean, he's obviously young, so he's got plenty of time. Um, just it, it, to improve his game, I think he needs to bulk up a little. So do you think the Sixers would do this trade? No, I don't think they would. <laughs> and I really hope they wouldn't. Yeah, I'm going to say that they probably would not. Um, I'm not sure, to be perfectly honest with you. I think the Lakers are high on Clarkson, and I don't think they would make this trade either. 
yeah, I, I don't. It'd be interesting. Uh, it, it won't be an awful trade for them, but the, I think they are high on Clarkson. Um, it would. I mean, Julius Randle and Noel might be good fits with each other. Randle uh, can. Uh, I mean, he's developing his jumper a little. Um, but it, yeah, I'm not sure the Lakers will either. It depends on how they feel about how many more years and if they feel like they're getting anything out of that bum, Roy Hibbert. So, but yeah, I think, I think we're in agreement that, that the Lakers probably wouldn't do this trade either. But it, I, think it's, I think it's at least a little bit interesting because you're getting the positional player and somebody who's pretty young that can play maybe point guard, shooting guard, and looks like he might have some scoring ability and who knows what the potential is. But you could go ahead and give your, uh, your next Jalil trade, I guess. Okay. Um, I mean, we we both have ones with the Suns. Let's go uh, to our trades with the Phoenix Suns. Mine, the Suns get Jaleel Okafor, the number 24 pick in this year's draft, and the 2019 Sixers first-round pick. Uh, so that would be three years from now. And the Sixers get Brandon Knight, the number four pick, and the number 13 pick in this year's draft. So they get two extra lottery picks. Um, I don't know. There's so much to process. There's a lot going on here. Um, yeah. I like giving up a 2019 first-round draft pick because I'm hoping at that point like we're really good and it's not worth that much. I like getting Brandon Knight, I think. The number four. I mean, the number 13. So you're trading up like 11 spots from the 24. Then you're trading Jalil for Brandon Knight. And then you're trading 2019 first-round for number four. I think you lose the Jalil-Brandon Knight. But you win the other two parts of the trade, and so, so do, does it counteract each other? Or does, who wins the trade there? Who wins the trade? The Sixers win the trade overall, but I don't know if you want. The, I don't know what the difference. I don't know what it's, it depends on what you want right now. And I'm gonna say that it wouldn't be a smart trade, even though the Sixers would win it, because you're gonna because because of the players that are being exchanged. The picks, you know, I think have more weight, and I think that it's a better trade for the Sixers overall. But I wouldn't do it if I was them. I guess is what I'm trying to say. But finally, we disagree with one. I think you do this, and I think Brandon Knight's a good combo guard. He can start at the point guard or shooting guard position, and then number four you get the option of what you want. Um, at number four, let's put it this way, Jamal Murray, two, two of the three are going to be there. Jamal Murray, Chris Dunn, and Buddy Heald. So basically, what you're saying, and now I might, I might be changing my mind. So you have, ideally for me, I, I like Buddy. So let's say it's you play Knight at point guard. You got Buddy at two, Saric at three, Noel at four and Embiid at five, and that's next season. And you're missing Simmons, assuming the Sixers take oh, Simmons with the man. first pick, you're missing Simmons there. So you're going. So it's going. Oh my God, it's even better. So it's it's Brandon Knight, Buddy, or Chris Dunn Knight, so Simmons with Sarge backing him up, Covington also coming off the bench, some other people we have obviously, Noel. And bead, and that's next season, and we get the number thirteen pick, who hopefully would be somebody that can contribute off the bench. Yep. Wow. 
a very young lineup, but a very promising one. And Brandon Knight's only 24. Yeah. All right. I think I think I changed my mind. I think I think I probably would do this. Now that I mean, you put it that way. Yeah, I think I think I would do this if I was the Sixers. No, I I was wrong. The, the Sixers should and do this. I mean, the problem would be with the Suns want to do this. You're getting rid of a guard, which I mean, they are. Think it's absurd to think about how many Kentucky guards the Suns already have. I think they have four Kentucky guards right now on their team, with Eric Bledsoe, Brandon Knight, Devin Booker, and the fourth one's escaping me right now. Maybe Archie Goodwin. I think. Yeah. Um, so uh, they they have a lot of guards at, at four. I don't know whether what, what they would want to draft there, uh, but I, I mean, Brandon Knight's a loss for them, yes, but. I don't think it, it's just kind of a depth loss since they already have guys that can start. I mean, Bledsoe is the starting point guard on that team right now, and Devin Booker looked like a pretty good rookie last year. I, I get that. But do they? But but do they do that? Because Jaleel, I mean, they already have Alex Len, Tyson Chandler. So Alex Len, Jaleel, a big need for them. Alex Len. Oh yeah, I mean, Jaleel obviously is a much better upgrade. Uh, if, if they trade for him. But, Alex uh, Len. I mean, Get Alex Len out of this well, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no. University of Maryland grad. Well, not grad. He went there for one year, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, it makes sense positionally, I think, for the Suns. Like, I get what you're saying. That makes sense, yeah. But no, I, I don't think in a million years they would do this. What, you just, let's say you think like Brandon Knight and Jaleel straight up. Like, there's no way they think they're getting more back with Jalil. Maybe they do. All right, say they, they think they're getting a little bit more back with Jalil. You're going to trade the number 24 for the number 13, the number 4 for the 2019 first-round pick of the Sixers, which hopefully for the, as a, from the Sixers' perspective is not very low. I think this is a bad trade for the Suns, and if I was them, I definitely would not do it. Yeah, they, they might ask for... I mean, hypothetically, maybe the 2017 first-round Sixers pick is then... Uh, you kind of know that the Sixers aren't, at least they think the Sixers won't be that great next year. That no, should be a lottery I mean, pick. Yeah. Well, yeah, depending on what the Sixers can do this offseason. But, yeah, I mean, 2019 is a, a far away off, so they might not want to put that in there. They might want a sooner pick. So we both think the Sixers would do it, right? I, I think the Sixers would do this, yeah. yeah. Not sure the Suns, though. Yeah, I think I agree with you. All right. My Suns trade was the Suns get Nerlens Noel and Carl Landry, and the Sixers get Knight, Booker, and the number four overall pick. So I don't think there's any way the Suns are doing this one. <laughs> um, I, I, they're just not getting enough in return. You're giving up two guards and the fourth pick. Um, I think the Sixers would definitely want to do this, but I, I just. I just don't think the Suns would in any way want to do this. Yeah, maybe I put the Sixers getting too much. I think maybe the number four pick went a little bit too far. Um, yeah, it'd be, it might be an interesting trade, just Noel and Landry for Knight and Booker. Well, let's do that then, because I, I agree. I think I, I think I stuck the number four pick in there, and that, that was probably a mistake. Cause there's, I agree, there's, this is probably a little bit too far. So let's just talk Noel so, and Landry for Knight and Booker. What do you think? Hmm. I, I think the Sixers win that, but it's a, it's, a, it's definitely closer uh, without the number four pick. Um, 
I would do it if I was the Sixers. Once again, the Suns giving up two promising guards there. Uh, like you said, Knight's only 24. Booker's, what, 20, if that. Um, so I, I would say yes to the Sixers, but that the Suns won't do it. Hmm. Yeah, the Sixers should definitely do this. Because now you're getting – think about this. You got Knight, Heald, or Dunn, Knight. Simmons, then you got Simmons, you got Ja, and Joel Embiid, assuming that they can play together. I know everyone wants to say so. Well, how are you getting healed? How, how are you getting that there? Because they don't oh, right, right, right. Right. the number four pick. Right, so, okay. so it's Knight. So it's no, but so, okay, so you have Knight, and Booker. then, okay, I mean, are you going to start him? Booker, yeah. So it's Knight, Booker, Simmons, and bead Okafor, and then you have yep. Saric coming off the bench and Covington coming off the bench. So it's not as good as a situation as the last trade you proposed, but I think the Sixers should do it. The Suns, yeah, I wouldn't do it. If I, I, I was just the can't Suns. see the Suns doing it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're just maybe if you take out now. Yeah, I just think they value Booker a lot. I think he, he had a very strong uh, second half of the year last year. I think that would be the turning point for them is Booker. Yeah, I guess it just depends on how they feel about Booker because I think Noel for night straight up, the Suns could easily think that they're winning that. So if they don't, yeah, if they're uh, not high on Booker, then they might do it. But if they are, which like you said, they probably are, then they're probably not going to do it. Yeah. I mean, I guess, like, I mean, the whole thing revolves around their feelings on Noel and Booker. Um, if they don't think Noel uh, has the potential like we do, then and they're definitely not. And if they do um, think he can be a player like DeAndre, then they might even think about doing that, uh, even if they are high on Booker also, which I assume they are. Yeah, I mean, obviously to do it, you'd have to assume that they think that Booker's not great, and if he is, they think he is going to be pretty good, then yeah, I mean, Noel's going to have to have, for them, a huge ceiling, which they could possibly think. Who knows? Um, All right, so I think we agree about that trade. You want to give your your next one? Yeah, and I think this is the biggest uh, superstar uh, that I involved in these trades. The the Bulls would be getting in Jaleel Okafor, the Lakers pick, which who knows when it's ever going to convey, it's top three protected again next year. Um, so that could be a potential good pick. And also the 2017 Sixers first-round pick. Uh, so the, the Bulls would be getting uh, two, possibly two high picks next year, and the Sixers would be getting Jimmy Butler. Hmm. I want to just react and say yes. The problem is you see the Jimmy Butler part. Right. But here's the thing. I think he's worth all that. If, if he's still going to get a little bit better because he's, he's arguably right now, maybe he's a franchise player, but he has to get better. So I think it depends on if you think he's going to get a little bit better. If he, if he is, then yeah, because he is, I, I honestly think he has the potential to be one of the better players, like best players in the NBA, like maybe top 10. What do you think he's now? He's definitely top 20 now, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, 
we can list him in a different podcast if you want, but yeah. it's too hard to go through everything. But yeah, I mean, he is. He's not far He's from that. that range, but it takes it. Ta- it's going to take you know something to get to that next level. It's not you know that once you get that high, you know it's hard to move up. But I don't think he is going to get into the top 10. So if I'm the Sixers, I don't do this. But if they think he's going to be a top 10 player, then they should do this, I think. And they're giving okay, up a so lot. Here's my Here's my devil's advocate argument for you. So you, you don't think so would you just do So the 2017 first round pick for the Sixers, if you're getting Jimmy Butler, that's not going to be that great of a pick. But if they get Jimmy Butler, they're definitely competing for a playoff spot, right? Are you talking about if they if this trade goes through? If this trade goes through, yes, and Jimmy Butler's a sixer. Wow, that's a that's a lot. There's too I don't know because there's too many there's too many variables. I mean, how good is Embiid going to be? What about Saric? How good Simmons going to be? I, I I don't think that Brand. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't think that Jimmy Butler is that good. Even competing for a spot in the East? It's going to depend on the other guys. It's not... Yeah, obviously. Well, the, I mean, I, I, but I mean a lot. Like, it's not LeBron. It's not Durant. It's not Westbrook. I mean, maybe I'm, under, yeah, maybe I'm underrating are, him. Yeah, but, I mean, the difference is when you talk about LeBron, you're you talk, talking about the top of the East. You're talking about Jimmy Butler leading his team to a seventh or eighth spot in the East. I mean, John Wall and 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 uh, I, I'm blanking, but the Wizards couldn't even. Yeah, they couldn't even. Neither of them are as good well, as Jimmy Butler. But them and Bradley they have a Beal much better all year too. What's that? Bradley Beal was hurt all year, also. Okay, I don't John know. John Wall was basically that entire team this year. Yeah, and and Jimmy's better, and they were close. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I just, at least, I'm saying the 2017 pick's not going to be a top 10 pick at least. Oh, I see what That'll you're saying. I, I understand what you're saying now. So you're saying if they make the trade, the 2007 first round pick is, is nothing. It's trash. Well, not trash, but it's definitely not what it would be if you don't make the if trade. Not, if they don't trade, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the Lakers pick could also be top five again next year. So that could be a very high pick that you're losing. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that that's not going to be the case. The Lakers are probably going to be able to land somebody this summer, and they'll be outside of the bottom five of the league. Yeah, I would assume so. They've just been so bad for too long for so a Lakers if, team. Yeah, I mean, if you if you give all those factors, then this is a home run either way probably. You're probably right. Because even if Jimmy doesn't get that much better, the Lakers pick is not it might be in the top ten, but it's not going to be top five. And then the Sixers pick is not going to be in the top 10. So you're really not giving that much up in draft picks, and then you're trading for Jalil. Jalil has a huge ceiling, I personally believe. Yep, I agree. I mean, a lot of people that will listen to this may not agree with any of us because we, we think highly of Jalil. And some people just don't see that, especially in a league that's going uh, like a team like the Warriors playing small ball. Yeah, but like I said before, I don't think everyone has to follow the leader to be successful. But yeah, with Jimmy Butler... You already have seen how good he is. So if he stays the same, you know you're getting a lot of value. More, he's way better than Jalil is right now. Who knows? Jalil might might be done. He might be as this is as good as he's going to be. Same thing with Jimmy. If that's the case, then 
you win you win the trade. And if Jalil gets if they both get a lot, they both have a high ceiling. What I'm trying to say is, I'm assuming that both of them are going to be really really good players in their primes. Then Jimmy's almost in his prime right now, but in their prime prime, absolute top of their game, they're both going to be really really good. But with Jimmy, it's a safer bet because he's already a lot closer to that. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely a less risk, but Julio's ceiling might be a little bit higher there. Oh, you uh, think so? so? I, I mean, if Julio can, uh, I mean, I definitely think his potential is really, really high. I think they both have the I mean, potential to be franchise players. Yeah, I agree. You can't teach uh, kind of what Julio does. Yeah, that's true. Uh, on offense. I mean, it's just that talent is just something that he's had for so long. Okay. So on on the defensive end, definitely has to improve though. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean, there's, there's, they both have to improve uh, if they want to get to that level. But I, I I think I like the trade. I guess we should probably, the Sixers. Hmm. I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna say the problem is they just you know somebody else is running the team. Hinky, no way Hinky does this trade. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say Colangelo. I don't know if Colangelo is really how much he's in. Whoever's in charge, I'm gonna say with the way the Sixers seem right now, I think the Sixers would do this trade. I think they would, and it seems like the Bulls are trying to make a big switch on their team and trying to do some new stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if they. Would do this trade also. They they get a potential uh, superstar in Jaleel. Not that they don't have one right now, but uh, they they can rebuild their entire team around Jaleel. I think it would be better for Okafor. I think he would really like to go there and play for that team. And I think they should rebuild. So if I'm the Bulls, I think I do this trade. I think they get a lot of value back. And yeah, you give up Jimmy Butler, who might be a franchise player. But there's there's some problems between him and that organization already anyway. Is is Julio from the Chicago area too? Um, I don't know. I'm gonna look that up right now because for some reason I think he is. Okay, while you do that, I'm going to give my fourth trade. I think it's my fourth trade now. This one is again dealing with the Hawks. The Hawks get Nerlens Noel. The Sixers get Dennis Schroeder and Patterson. Patterson's a throw-in because of the money situation. I think he makes like half a million dollars. I just needed him to make the money work in the in the trade machine. So it's basically Noel for Schroeder. Yeah, this is an interesting one, and I did look it up. He is from the Chicago area. Okay. I remember him talking about it because he played against Jabari Parker, and Jabari's from the Chicago area. Okay. Um, so this one, I guess, I mean, I've always been really high on Schroeder. Um but I, I just don't know. I, I think I would do this one. And like you said, Patterson is a throw-in, but he's still not that bad of a throw-in, uh, especially adding depth to the Sixers team that they really need. Um, I, I think I would do this one. It's interesting. You wouldn't do Clarkson, but you'll do this one. So I guess you must be pretty high I'm on high Schroeder. Schroeder. Yeah. Yeah. I do like Schroeder. And, um and this is a it's a purely positional trade. The thing that I I struggle with is I think Noel has a higher ceiling than Schroeder. But I'm yeah, are you probably. okay? So you agree with that? But I think the probability that Schroeder gets to his ceiling is higher. 
Oh, wow. Well, I guess that's realistic considering he's already closer to any ceiling than Noel would be, and his ceiling is lower. So that doesn't make a lot of sense for you to say that. Um, And he's got that blonde strip of hair (laughs) on his head. So, I mean, that's cool. That's important for, uh, Yeah. yeah, no doubt about it. Bring style to the team. Exactly, yeah. Um, maybe a little bit of attention. You never know. Um, I I don't know. I think the Sixers would do this trade because it makes sense positionally. And like you said, Patterson, like I said, he was a throw-in, but he's worth something. I think the Hawks. I think the Hawks would do this trade because you're basically giving up your backup point guard. It's not like the Teague situation. You're giving up your backup point guard, and you're getting someone that can play a lot of minutes now and going into the future. And especially if they lose Horford, I think they definitely would do this trade. Yeah, they're, they're going to need uh, that center. I mean, Nerlens has come out and said that he wants to play center. Uh, Paul Millsap Paul is not a center, so they could play alongside of each other. Um, and Millsap's a very good offensive player that could stretch the floor with Nerlens playing inside. I'm not trying to undervalue the, you know, Schroeder as a backup point guard, but... It's a little bit different, obviously, when you're losing someone that's not your starter. And if they do lose Horford, they're going to bring in a starter. I think I'm, what I would do here from the Sixers is I don't like this trade as much if they lose Horford because I know they're going to be in a little bit of more of a jam to get a power forward. And I don't, I know Atlanta is like a destination for a lot of NBA players. I mean, this is according to guys who have played in the league that it's a, a city that guys want to go to. But the thing is, I just don't believe that I think guys would rather go to a team where they're going to win. And I think that's one of the things that, and money is our bigger parts of the equation. So I just don't, I don't think people would want to go play for the Hawks. They're like, they're boring and they're not going to win a championship, are they? So I don't think they attract a big free agent to come in and replace Horford if he leaves. And I think they would be a little bit desperate to get a power forward. But you play a tricky game because if they do, then I don't know that some of these trades would still be on the table. Maybe it would. I mean, they well, would have done Noel first, but I don't know. I mean, Dwight Howard, and of course, he's been rumored about going everywhere, but, I mean, there's some thought that if Horford leaves, that is a possible landing spot for Dwight Howard in Atlanta. Oh, man. You just had to bring up Dwight Howard. I had to bring up your favorite player. Yeah, yeah. of course. My favorite player. But yeah, I, I, I think we both agree that this this would be a possibility for a trade if they are willing to get rid of Schroeder. Um, and I think we both agree that the Sixers would do it, right? The Sixers would do it. Yeah, I agree. Um, the, I think this is, so far of the trades I've given, I think this is the one that's the closest to being realistic of actually going through and happening. Well, I, I think both of the Hawks ones that you brought up. Yeah. Peak for Noel Southgate is also, especially because we've heard the rumors about uh, those two being traded. I just don't um, know if, if Stauskas is enough. That's all. Yeah, that's true. And uh, they, I mean, Covington was also mentioned in there. So, uh, I mean, let's just say we, we both agreed that there's a chance that the Hawks and Sixers might be making a trade this offseason. Oh, that's, yeah, definitely. All right. You can give your, well, your fifth one. It's not your last one. I really can't wait to talk about your sixth one also. But go ahead and give your fifth <laughs> so, one. So my fifth one, uh, I mean, this is this involves team, two teams that I really think are going to make a trade and be wild this offseason. Uh, the Denver Nuggets, because they have three picks within, like, the top 19 of the draft, get Jaleel 
the number 24 pick, the number 26 pick from the Sixers, and then the Sixers get the number 7, the number 15, and Wilson Chandler. This is... Mm, I would say this is a good trade for the Sixers. Yeah? I think so. The problem is that it's a good trade for the Sixers. The Sixers win the trade. I wouldn't do it if I was the Sixers, though. Does that make sense? So, so what makes you say they win? Just because the Wilson Chandler, I mean, Wilson Chandler missed the entire season last year, so people may forget how good he actually is. Um, but it, it is whether he's coming back fully healthy, and then basically two lottery picks. Right. So you're getting a really good guy who's he's a vet, I would say, and he's still young. He's probably in his prime. He's definitely in his prime. He's and you get the 7 and the 15, and you give up the 24 and the 26 and Jalil, they definitely win this trade. I wouldn't do it because, because of the ceiling I think Jalil has. And whatever you're going to get at 7 and 15 is not, is not worth it. That's, that's why. Because they're getting more value back, no doubt. But uh, with, with what I believe Jalil's ceiling is, I wouldn't give him up if that's what you're getting back. So you said... Or you think Wilson Chandler's pretty young? How old do you think he actually is? Twenty nine. I just looked it up. He, yeah, he is twenty nine. That's I thought he was around twenty seven or so. So he is twenty nine. Um, so I mean that that takes something into consideration about how many years he would be on the Sixers. Um, do you think the Nuggets would be interested at this at this at all? I mean, Jokic had a very good year, and he's a power forward slash center. Um, so I don't know if they'd be willing to give up that much uh, for Jaleel. Obviously, it depends on what they think. If I'm them, I probably would do this because I'm thinking Chandler's, you know, he's good, but he's 29, and they're trying to go the other way, I think. And so you add Jalil, and they, they have they have their one-two punch down low. I mean, that Jokic and Jalil down low, that's that's scary. And and Nurkic, too, coming off the bench. Right. Uh, he was hurt last year, but if you remember his rookie year, he had a very good season. Yeah, I mean, they're giving up a lot, no doubt. Like I said, I think the Sixers win this trade. But if I'm the Nuggets, I think I'd do it. The Nuggets have so many players that can play in the NBA. They just don't have enough time to play everybody. So I think that's why you kind of have to – I mean, you have Wilson Chandler, but you have Daniel Gallinari, Kenneth Fareed, uh, all those guys there. I think you're going to have to make a trade somewhere. And then you have three picks in the top 19 that you're possibly going to be drafting one in the play. Um, and then you have plenty of guards, too. I know. I'm going on about the Nuggets. I'm sorry. But there's just so many guys on that team that I think they're going to make a big trade this offseason. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense for them to get rid of Chandler. You just mentioned Freed. If they make this trade, then they need to get rid of Freed, too, because you need to go. Like I think I they're said, trying to. Yeah. And that, I like I said, it's a trade they lose. But I guess in the future, when it comes out to it, it depends, you know, if if, if Okafor is the ceiling. I think he does. Then in the long run, maybe they do win because they really only gave up the number seven. The 15 will probably never turn out to be that good, and only if the Sixers get lucky will the seven. If you're the Sixers, do you do this trade? Yeah, I. that's that's the tough part because you give up. It, I guess it depends on and the their feeling of what they would get at number seven and number 15. There's a, there's a chance done... Uh, or Heald might fall down to number seven. Mm-hmm. I don't think Murray will. Um, so, I mean, if you could get one of those guys at seven, then I think that I, I would probably do the trade. Well, see, this is why I like draft day trades, because what they could do is 
They can say the Nuggets. Okay, you want to make this trade? I'll tell you what. Let's see what you can get at number seven. And if somebody's there, like Buddy or Don, that we like, we'll make this trade. That's what I would do then. Yeah, I mean, yeah, then, there's no reason to make that trade before draft day. Right, right. Because then you replace Jalil with Ben Simmons. And if you get Buddy or Chris Dunn out of it, I mean, then this trade does make a lot more sense. Because, I, honestly, I'm pretty high on Buddy. I think there's still room to grow for him. And so I don't think he'll ever be – I don't know. I don't want to get into would too be, much, I guess. But if I mean, we talked about the, the Celtics number three pick earlier. I would be happy if they drafted him number three. Yeah. If they made that trade. Yeah, me too. Me too. So, so I mean, yeah, I guess if, if Dunn or, or Buddy fell and they made this trade, I wouldn't be – that mad about it, I guess. Um, so I guess our our thoughts on this are depending on draft day. Yeah, I mean the Wilson Chandler thing. You get that immediate impact at that wing position that you kind of need. Yeah, but I mean, two years from now, three years from now, what's he going to be? And he's coming off a full year uh, that he missed from, I believe, it was a knee injury. There's two ways to look at that. There's well, is his knee going to be okay? And there's also, well, if he didn't play a whole season, he's kind of, not technically, but he's basically a, a year younger. I mean, a whole season does a lot to your body. And so he mm-hmm. had a whole year of rest. I mean, he's going to be rusty, but he'll be refreshed. And he might be able to play another season longer than he would have if he didn't sit a season out. So there's that way to look at it also. I'm going to say yes, that I would want to do it. I'm going to still stick with no. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, I will give my final one. Yeah. All right. So my final one is, again, with the Lakers. This one, the Lakers get Nerlens Noel and the number one overall pick. And the Sixers get D'Angelo Russell and the number two overall pick. And I already know what you're going to say. I would do it. Oh, no is way. What, oh. Is that what you thought I was going to say? The crowd goes wild. No, I thought there was no way you would do this. Yeah, I know. You know my opinions on D'Angelo. Right. But. You, you still have Okafor. You're not losing Okafor for Russell, who I always thought was the better pick last year. Mm-hmm. Um, that I was shocked that Julio Okafor was still at number three when we were picking. Um, you get the number two pick. Uh, it's probably going to be Brandon Ingram. Uh, yeah, let's just let's just assume that. So let's just assume this would be Nerlens Noel and Ben Simmons for D'Angelo Russell and Brandon Ingram. Is that fair? That's fair. So you're getting D'Angelo Russell... Who can play point guard or two, and Ingram, who can play the three. So then you got a point guard yet to be named, Russell, Ingram, Simmons, and Embiid and Okafor, whoever you want to play there. Wait, so Russell's your two? Yeah, he could be the one if you want, I guess. You could go really big and play. You could play Russell, Ingram at the two, Simmons at the three, Embiid at the four, and Okafor at you the know, five. You know I love... Some tall lineups, man. That yeah, that's, that's a, as tall as you get. That's I think Ingram's like six nine, man. He's playing the two. Yeah, that's I love that. Giving up Simmons, you know, bothers me, but I think Russell has a high, high ceiling. I think he could be really good, like a poor man's Russ Westbrook. At the oh end. wait, when I said that lineup, I included Simmons. I I didn't mean to include him, man. Right, but the Simmons won't be on the team since you trained the pick. Right, so but you, right, but you so still have, have two. You still have three. two. We have Saric. 
Oh, yeah, Sarge, too. I don't know if he's quick enough to play the three, but. We'll yeah. See. Well, it's still, you know, it's still a big lineup. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I think, I think, uh I think I do this trade. I, I hate give, I hate giving up Simmons, but I think I do this trade. And that's why I think the Lakers would think about doing it, because I think they I think they're in love with Ben Simmons. The problem is now you got Simmons, Noel, and Julius Randle. So what do you do? Move Randle? That's true. Yeah, they would they would kind of be in a pickle there. I mean, yeah, not, it doesn't hurt to have three it, good big men. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's people are talking about how the Sixers need to trade somebody, but it's a good situation to be in, and the Lakers would be in a similar situation. So you just have to have one of them coming off the bench. Right. Unless you want to play Simmons at three. Uh, like you love big lineups, so it would be Simmons, <laughs> Randall, and uh, Noel. Yeah, they could do that too. They got they, they still have Clarkson. I mean, that that's a pretty good that's a pretty good lineup. They, yeah, well, of course, yeah. Yeah, if they can attract one big time free agent like a guard, a free agent guard, I don't know who that would be, or make a trade. Um, maybe they could. Maybe they could trade Randall and get like a shooting guard or a point guard. Um, I could legitimately see them being boneheaded enough to trade for Rondo. And you could have like Rondo, Clarkson, Simmons, Noel. I guess would play five, and then the four would be Julius Randle. That's that's a pretty good lineup. Rondo's probably not enough to make a difference. They'd probably want to make a bigger splash, but. And I, I think yeah, I mean, it, it, I think this would. I don't think this would ever happen. I'll put that out there. <laughs> this is one of the least realistic that we've come up with, or I think you're least realistic. Really. Actually, the Suns probably too. Yeah, the Suns was was bad probably, but I thought I think this but, trade is cl- okay. Let me let me ask you a different question. It's I just never like, seen people swap the, the first and second. Right, right, right. Let's let's forget that's, about that that's part. What I can't get past. Okay, yeah. So it's it, the values are close, right? I mean, it's good. It's even values. Or no? In my opinion, yeah, because I'm okay. not that high on Russell, so. Right. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, it, it all obviously depends on what the Lakers think about Russell too. But um, if I'm the Sixers, I make this trade. I I agree. Even though, like you said, it's, <laughs> it's hard to give up Simmons. Okay. So we have one more, and this one strap. You know, put on your seatbelt. This one is exciting. I had to get a little creative here. Um, and I don't think it's, I mean, obviously I don't think it would happen, but it would be very interesting. So the three team trade, oh. um, the, the Kings get Julia Loka for the number 16 pick and Avery Bradley. That's, that's a pretty good return. You can assume who they're getting rid of. The Celtics are getting the Marcus cousins and the number 26 pick in the draft. And the Lakers get the number three pick, Sixers. number 23 pick and Ben McLemore. Okay, so the Sixers are all that? okay. So this, yeah, so the Sixers are giving up the number three. I'm sorry, the Sixers are giving up the number twenty six and Jalil, right? Yes. All right, let's do this one team at a time. So the Sixers are giving up number twenty six and Jalil. They get number three, number twenty three, and Ben. How do you say his last name? Macklemore. Macklemore. 
Um, you would have thought I would have learned that by now. So number three, number 23, and Ben Backlevore. So 26 for 23, that's a win. Jalil for number three, that's a loss. But you also get Ben McLemore. So it's number three and Ben McLemore for Jalil. Yep. That is... Ooh. Ooh. Close. Yeah, because you're either going to get... Depending on how. You're either going to get... Depending on how you feel about Ben. And you get Dunn or Buddy. It's going to be your pick. Or Jamal Murray. Oh, my God, Jamal Murray. Enough with Jamal Murray. Not you. Just in general. I, I just enough. Oh no! Yeah, I would. I would. I'm with you with healed and and or done. Anyways, um, so then the Kings are giving up. Right. They're just giving up cousins. And they get Jalil, the number sixteen Avery. Oh my God! That's 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 a robbery. The Kings should I, definitely I do that. Jake, I originally had Jake Crowder in there instead of Avery Bradley, but then I switched it. That is robbery, and they should definitely do it. And then the Celtics get. Cousins and number 26. What do they give up? They give up the number 16, the number 23, and Avery Bradley. Wait, the, the Kings give up Ben McLemore, too. Sorry. No, Ben McLemore is the Kings. Sorry. Wait, so I, they, I forgot about the Kings. So the Kings give, give up, up Ben McLemore. So the Kings give up Boogie and Ben. Cousins and McLemore. Yeah. That's still robbery. Not as much, but it's robbery. The Celtics give up the number 16, the number 3, and the number 23? And Avery Bradley? And Avery Bradley. But they get Cousins in return, man. Cousins is an all-star, and that's what they're looking for. Cousins is a franchise player. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there's no franchise player number 3, in my opinion, I don't think. But 23 and 16 and Avery Bradley... If I'm the Celtic, who wins the trade? All right, of course you think the Kings win the trade. Oh, right? it's just robbery. The Kings are robbing. But does anybody them. lose? Does anybody lose the trade? I think the Sixers lose. The Sixers lose. I think the Celtics lose too. The Celtics get Cousins though. I, I feel like yeah, but three, sixteen, twenty-six, twenty-three. I mean, sixteen, twenty-three, three, and Avery Bradley. Yeah, like one less pick. Like let's say. Okay, let me take away the 16 for a second. That, I think, makes this closer to... I mean, I could be wrong, obviously. But personally, I think if they give up 16, the Celtics win, the Kings still win. I do think the Sixers still lose. I think the Celtics... I agree, I think the Celtics would do it. Because they're close enough right now where if they get Boogie... They, I think they are a championship contender. But are they willing to give up that many draft picks, like you said? Right. I mean, and then they still would have. I mean, their starting lineup. They would still have Marcus Smart, Isaiah Thomas, at the guard position. Now, obviously, losing even Bradley hurts. He's mm-hmm. a very good player, um, but they have so many guards on that team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just. The, I don't know. The Sixers part of it. No, I don't like it. You think they're giving up Julio for not enough in return. Right. Because you're going to get somebody good at number three. I guess, again, depends on how you feel about McLemore. Is he a yeah. future all-star? I don't I don't think he's a future all-star. All right, but I think so. he could be a starter in the league. 
So then, okay, so it's you have Dunn. Let's assume you get Dunn. You're not going to draft Buddy. So you draft Dunn, McLemore. You still have Simmons. You get Sarich, Simmons. And then Embiid and Nerlens. Wow. It's not. It's still not a bad lineup there. It's not. It's a good one. But, but you don't want to settle and not get enough in return for Julio if you trade him. Right. It hinges on Macklemore for me. Because, like I said, you're you're trading up picks. But you're not 26, 26 to 23 for me. Yeah, it's a lot, but it's not that much. And then Jalil for number three is a loss. And then Macklemore. I don't know. It's close. It definitely is. I think the Sixers lose. I think the Sixers do it, though. They would do it, you think? Yes. Now they have one, three, and Macklemore. Come on. Yeah, Macklemore's still only 23 years old. Seventh pick overall in the 2013 draft. Um, but I mean, <laughs> recently, everybody has been referring to as Sacramento as the place where draft picks go to die. So who knows what uh, what kind of development they've been having him doing in Sacramento. Well, I think, all right, well, what I would say is, even after all this analysis, I think if this was on the table, all three teams would accept. But you, you would you say no for the Sixers still, you said? Well, I think the Sixers would do it. If I'm the Sixers, I don't do it. Okay. Yeah, I think that's reasonable to say. I, I, I think I think they definitely do it. Uh I, actually, I would say I would do it. You get the number three. I am. I, I like Buddy and Dunn, so if they drafted one of them at number three, I like it. Uh, I'm not sure. Like you said, they might not draft Buddy. Can Macklemore play point guard? No, right? No, he couldn't. Okay. So they, yeah, those two won't be able to start together. Heald and Macklemore. Right. So out of all the Jaleel trades, which one would you say? You would do which one would you like the most? That is reasonable, I guess. Um. Well, the one you have the the first one, the first Celtics you get Joff for the number three and the number number two thousand eighteen Nets. I like that. Jaleel Covington for the number two. You didn't like that one at all. No, that one's bad. Jaleel Lakers pick two thousand seventeen Sixers pick for Butler. I'd consider that. Jalil, 24 for Brandon Knight. I, I don't know, man. Like getting Jimmy Butler, that's enticing. That's the most enticing to me, probably. Yeah, that, that's the best return that the Sixers are getting in, at all the trades. Is that your favorite, Jalil? Or... Yeah, I, w- I would say the Jimmy Butler one, just because you're getting Jimmy Butler. Yeah. All right. What about the Noel trades? Which ones? Which one do you like best? I uh, I'm tempted to say the fifth one when you get Russell in the second pick, but I'm going to say the Schroeder one because I really like Schroeder. Yeah, we're assuming the number three was thrown out because obviously, if we get Noel Landry for Knight and Booker, obviously, and the number four, yeah. that's clear. Even if it's Knight and Booker, I think we both do that number one too. But yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, I'm going to go with number five. Noel number one yeah. for Russell number two. That that's a that's a great trade. 
yeah, I, th- I think I would be happy if they did the the Teague one, mm-hmm. the Schroeder one, and even the the Lakers one getting yeah. that second pick with Russell. I honestly, I honestly, except for number three, I like I even like Noel for Jordan Clarkson or Ryan Kelly. I yeah, do. I, <laughs> I can't jump on board with that one. All right. Well, we'll see if any of these trades actually come uh, to fruition in the off season. Um, I know it's going to be exciting off season. Obviously, depending what happens tomorrow night with the finals and the rest of the finals, if there is the rest of the finals, see if you know the Cavs blow up the roster. You know, there's still the Durant decision, Dwight Howard drama that no one wants to hear. At least I don't want to hear about. And then, yeah, the Celtics are going to be active. Sixers are going to be active. Kings will be active. Lakers will be active. Hawks probably will be, especially if they don't get Horford. I think it's going to be a wild free. I've said this a bunch of times. I think it's going to be a wild offseason. Dude, don't forget about the Nuggets. Nuggets going to be real active. Yeah, these Nuggets. You love these Nuggets. And let's just hope that uh, we get to see a possible Draymond MVP when he won't be there tomorrow night. That would be unbelievable. I'm hoping against that because I'm hoping for seven games. But if, yeah, I agree too. if they do win, I hope Curry and Thompson play horribly and Draymond gets MVP and he can't he can't access the building to come get it. And he can't are they gonna let I guess he could I guess he could be in the locker room so he could still celebrate, right? Or is he not allowed in the building? Nope. He's not allowed in the arena at all. Oh not even after the game? I don't think so. Unbelievable. So what are they going to do? They're going to walk out in the parking lot, and that would be cool. But what are they going to do? Why, if, if they win that, that's what I want to see. Draymond win the MVP just to see what they would do. Well, the, even but even if he doesn't, like they're going to go back and they usually spray champagne in the locker room. So what are they going to do? They're not going to go back and spray I, champagne all over the locker room without him, are they? I don't know, man. That's, that's why. Wow, this is better I, drama I mean, than I, I realized. I wanted to go. I wanted to go seven, but it, it will be very comical to watch if the Warriors do win tomorrow night without Draymond in the building. Man. And shame on the Cavs. Although, I mean, it's on the road, but, man, you can, it's the finals. You've got to beat them without their – the guy that's been the best player in the series so far. Yep. No, I just – there's no excuse. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It'll be, it'll be fun to watch. All right, so if – Draymond has to sit in his hotel room and watch the Warriors on the television screen spray champagne all of each other. We will try to do a podcast Tuesday night or Wednesday night, as I will be unable to do so uh, after that until next week. If we don't, we will. And if the in the in the alternative, if we're not able to, or if the Cavs win Game Five, we'll be coming back at you at the beginning of next week or the following weekend. Um, so. It will be probably a little while if it's not in the next few days. So we'll see what happens. But other than that, uh, it should be a good finals. What's your prediction, I guess, for tomorrow night? Are you are you sticking with what are you what are you going with? I guess. I mean, they just they won by so much in the first two games at Golden State. I, I think it does end in five in Golden State. And the bench was such a big part of that in, in a lot of those games. I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna stick with my prediction of Warriors in six. Something. I was I was on a walk today and I was thinking about the game and I was like you know I think the cat and this is before the, I knew about the Draymond situation I was like you know I think the Cavs the Cavs might win this next game they're gonna bring everything they have and the Warriors sometimes tend not to show up when when they don't really have to and something tells me and then I'm thinking when they go back the Warriors are gonna be like we're not messing around with this 
and they'll they'll come yeah. out 100% and then they'll take it in Cleveland. That's my prediction and I feel a lot stronger about it right. I, I wasn't probably wasn't going to have the guts to predict that. I, now Draymond's put it, you know, on a platter for me. So that's the prediction I'm going to go with. Well, sadly I can't stick with my prediction of Cavs in 6. That's uh, not mathematically possible anymore. Right, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this is a pretty fun podcast. I really enjoyed it. I hope uh, all the listeners did as well. Um, for Kevin McLernan, I'm Bill Golden. This has been the Pick and Roll Podcast, and thanks for listening.